Welcome back to the podcast, Real Life Pharmacology. Thank you all for listening today. If you're new uh, with the podcast, I really hope you enjoy it, find some value. If you've uh, listened to all of them or most of them and found some value, uh, definitely appreciate those uh, good ratings and reviews uh, on iTunes if you're you're listening via that mechanism. So today I'm going to cover uh, aldosterone antagonists and this class of, of medication, you can, I guess, highlight it under a few different things. It's antihypertensive. Um, it does lower blood pressure. Honestly, I, I don't see it used there a lot because we've got a lot of other medications. Um, it's also classified as a potassium-sparing diuretic, and I'll get into indications and, and, of course, adverse reactions and monitoring parameters and all that good stuff. So, um, Let's start off with the mechanism of action and the two drugs uh, that we're going to really focus on um, that are aldosterone antagonists. First drug, spironolactone, uh, brand name is aldactone, uh, definitely a common one, good one to remember. Uh, the other one is ziplarinone, uh, which is Inspra. Honestly, I don't see that one very often. It's uh, typically much more expensive than spironolactone. So I think that's why we, we tend to see spironolactone used a little bit more often, plus probably comfort level um, with clinicians. They get used to using what they um, are used to, to using. So uh, mechanistically, the mechanism of action with this class of medication, they really increase water excretion as well as sodium. So low sodium can happen as well as obviously we can set up a type of dehydration situation if we run off too much fluid. So losing that fluid can be a good thing um, in certain disease states, and it also can be a bad thing where it's hard on the kidney. So with the mechanism, I always like to think about, okay, what would this be good for? And thinking about a diuretic, what could that be good for? Well, it's used for hypertension. I think I mentioned that. Uh, heart failure, any type of uh, excess fluid, that spironolactone um, can help alleviate that fluid and, and help improve that. And there's also a mortality benefit in uh, reduced ejection fraction heart failure as well. So um, definitely important things to remember there. Another situation where spironolactone is used pretty regularly um, is a cirrhosis uh, with ascites. So that's kind of that fluid buildup uh, in the uh, gut area. So spironolactone um, specifically, I see that one used um, to help with that as well. So thinking about um, the mechanism, the classification, we're talking about aldosterone antagonists being a potassium-sparing diuretic. And simply what that means is this drug can raise potassium levels. So if we raise them high enough, we can end up with EKG changes and cardiac problems and um, potentially leading to death if it's a serious enough uh, elevation in potassium. Uh, so that is obviously a really, really important side effect and something that we need to monitor. So if you've got a borderline high patient as far as their potassium level, maybe in the range of, you know, 5 to 5.5, you're probably not going to start spironolactone. Again, there's a lot that can go into a, a patient case, 
Um, but you know, the higher that baseline level is, and we start one of these medications, maybe the more cautious we have to be and, or the more closely we really have to, uh, monitor that lab work as well. So, you know, much like all diuretics, it's classified as diuretics. We run off that fluid, uh, that risk is to the kidney. Uh, if we run off too much fluid, Maybe we've got a CHF patient, a heart failure patient. Maybe we've got an ascites patient. They're probably on uh, a loop diuretic as well. Not always, but they probably are. And in combination, those two diuretics working together to pump off fluid can be a good thing as far as the symptoms go. But if we get too much, we run the risk of not having that adequate perfusion to the kidney. That can cause a rise in creatinine. And we potentially end up um, with an acute re renal failure type situation if it gets uh, bad enough there. So, again, definitely got to monitor changes um, in these drugs, new additions, other medications. And I'll talk about um, a lot of those medications in the drug interactions uh, section here. But just keep in mind, very, very important monitoring parameters. Potassium, uh, other electrolytes, sodium probably most specifically. And uh, that kind of that hypovolemia possibility and kidney function would be the most important monitoring parameters there. So I've kind of touched on those electrolytes, touched on those kidney potential adverse effects. Uh, one other side effect you absolutely have to know is uh, man boobs or moobs. So in male patients, spironolactone can cause what's called gynecomastia, and that's basically this um, enlargement uh, of the breasts or growth of the growth of the breasts in males. Very, very unique side effect. And if you ever have a patient that's you know experiencing breast tenderness, breast gr growth, uh, male patient, you definitely have to uh, take a peek at their med list, make sure they're not on. Uh, spironolactone is kind of the classic uh, common example that could contribute to that. Uh, one other side effect I you know need to mention, um, orthostasis, so low blood pressure. This is a blood pressure lowering agent. It's also you know a diuretic type agent. So whenever we've got something that could lower blood pressure, you know in our frail patients, in our elderly patients, in our patients that already have a low blood pressure, this medication could certainly contribute and, and worsen to that. So you're going to be monitoring um, vital signs and blood pressure and things like that uh, over a period of time. If you're enjoying the podcast today, you're really going to love the resources at meded101.com store. If you're a pharmacy student, pharmacist, uh, nursing student, med student, uh, we've got a whole host of different resources there. Uh, specifically for pharmacy folks, we've got NAPLEX, we've got BCPS, we've got uh, geriatrics, we've got ambulatory care, we've got good study materials to really help you uh, prepare and, and pass those exams. So go check that out, support our sponsor, meded101.com slash store. Let's finish up here on drug interactions with potassium-sparing diuretics, or more specifically, aldosterone antagonists. And with drug interactions, the, the biggest thing I think of is other drugs that might impact the kidney and other drugs that might impact potassium. 
So those are the probably the two biggest things I think about. So uh, some common ones, drug interactions, you got to remember. So if you add, let's say, an ACE inhibitor, an ARB, which you can go check out those previous podcasts from before, uh, those can also raise potassium levels. And oftentimes we use spironolactone with an ACE inhibitor or with a, an angiotensin receptor blocker. So in using those together, we really, really got to be um, hyper vigilant uh, about checking those potassium levels. Uh, other medications, uh, maybe a little more rare, um, there are some transplant type medications. So uh, tacrolimus, cyclosporin, those also interact with uh, spironolactone specifically. And again, that's a, an elevation in potassium risk. So think about those changes. If you see meds added that can impact potassium levels and raise them and they're on spironolactone, we really better be a little bit careful and maybe watching that a little bit closer. Uh, other interactions to think about, you know, I mentioned spironolactone. It's going to lower blood pressure. So anytime we add on another blood pressure lowering medication, well, we've got the potential to kind of um, have duplicate action on that lowering blood pressure. So any, you know, calcium channel blockers, ACEs, ARBs, um, other diuretics that lower blood pressure loops and things of that nature. Um, very, very uh, important to keep that in mind. And then, of course, drugs that can impact kidney function. So I think of NSAIDs being a classic example that could hurt the kidney if we're, you know, using high doses routinely, um, excessive use, things like that. Um, we're more and more likely to um, injure that kidney or, you know, potentially run into an acute renal failure type situation. So spironolactone in combination with NSAIDs, also in combination with loop diuretics, we may be a little higher risk where we're kind of increasing that uh, fluid loss, um, sending that fluid out through the, the kidney and maybe reducing perfusion uh, to that, that kidney and adequate blood flow uh, to keep it functioning properly. One other note I, I did want to mention that uh, oftentimes we do um, use loop diuretics in combination with potassium sparing diuretics and it can be hard on the kidney. We definitely need to monitor that closely but it can be beneficial in that we may even out the potassium level. So uh, I believe I did a podcast earlier on loop diuretics. If I haven't, I'm sure I, I soon will be. Um, but with that, loop diuretics lower potassium levels and the potassium sparing diuretics potentially raise potassium levels. So they can kind of even each other out a little bit. And again, we're going to need to monitor those electrolytes. We're going to need to, to monitor that kidney function over time. So I think that wraps it up for today's episode. Hopefully you picked up a pearl or two. Um, Reallifepharmacology.com, I've got that free giveaway, 31-page PDF. It's a really great resource for students, young healthcare professionals, especially if you're preparing for a board exam, something like that. Um, I highlight three highly testable pearls with the top 200 drugs. Again, 31-page document that's absolutely instantaneously yours with a, a free download. So go check that out, reallifepharmacology.com. Leave us a rating and review. And uh, thanks for listening and hope you have a great rest of your day.